Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, happy Monday, everyone. It is December 5, 2022. Man, we're into the last month of the year. Christmas is upon us again. Amazing, amazing times. Well, it's going to be a great week. Let me tell people what's going uh, on this week. Of course, Johnny Endo Unfiltered is today. Um, and then tomorrow is Barry Wunsch out of Canada. He's always a very popular guest. Wednesday is Kat Kerr. Thursday is Donna Rigney. And on Friday, we are working on the possibility of getting Lloyd Brunson, who's, whose uh, lawsuit is before the Supreme Court, or they're, they're going to hit on January 6th. The Supreme Court is going to make a decision whether or not uh, they take that case. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Uh, but before I do this, uh, let's just pause for this quick message. Thank you so much for your support of these wells. Right now, every three days, we're digging a fresh water well in Uganda. We're looking on to Ethiopia. Um, some of you, if you if you know of missionaries on the ground who've been there a long time, and know the uh, know that their mission field there, especially if you're along the uh, not that far from the Nile. I didn't realize until today that the Nile goes from Uganda down through Ethiopia. Apparently, I haven't actually looked on the map. Uh, but um, if you have know of some mission fields that they would want some fresh water, well, be sure and uh, send us an email. Uh, hit reply to one of our emails, and we'll get it to Mike and Lori Sally, who help us um, pick places to put water wells. So right now it's every three days. Before long, we'll be saying every two days. You know, so we appreciate very much. We're we're doing. We're kind of like being God's. Um, water wells, if you will, to to quench the thirst of real people. And last I heard months ago, is a thousand people have been saved. I'm sure it's many more than that now. So, all right. I want to talk for again about the uh, the uh, Supreme Court case. Any one of you who did not see Friday's show, and a lot of you did, because 276,000 as of this morning have already seen that show since Friday. 276,000 different people have watched this uh, Mono Salmon was on. He told the whole story of how the Brunson brothers ended up bringing a court case before the Supreme Court. They have it in the courthouse, as I understand it, but they will meet on January 6th, which is obviously a prophetic historic date based on what happened uh, on the last January 6th of 2021. And uh, it's going to be a epic court case if they accept it. And when I say epic, I mean, it's going to overturn everything. And I mean, you talk about this being overturned or that being overturned, this overturns like everything. Uh, and so we're asking you, first of all, watch that video. But second of all, I'm going to read the, we're going to supply to you a letter to send to the Supreme Court. I have my own copy here. I'm going to sign it here. I'll do a fresh printout. I'll sign it here. It's got the address up here. Let me read this you she'll put that on the screen but we're also going to show you a link see the link at the bottom it says elijahstreams.com slash forward slash court you type that in your browser and another tab even while you're watching this and up will come a fresh copy of that letter print it out from your printer uh, print out several copies give it to your family and friends and this is what the letter says to it's got the nine uh, chief justice and the other eight uh, associate justices and it says dear justices this letter is to express my support of the above reference case, Brenson versus Adams. 
I'm concerned that the United States has experienced a national security breach and a violation of every citizen's greatest power in a republic, voting. I ask that you stand against the adherence of foreign and domestic enemies and uphold the supreme law of the land by granting this petition. You truly are in a position that represents a court system greater than the world has ever seen. I, along with many others, seem to be witnessing our nation captured, and I am left to wonder if it might be by some of these very respondents. I pray for the right and just outcome, and I am grateful for your time and consideration. Sincerely, and I'll just sign Steve Schultz, and I'll put the date. So you don't even have to put your address. You can. Uh, you can put it on the outside of the envelope if you want. Um, that's so they, uh, People have said, well, well, can't I just email it? Well, you can, but it doesn't carry nearly the weight of someone stopping, printing out a letter, signing it, putting it in the mail, putting a real stamp on it. That's where the weight. But they, you only have about three weeks, four weeks, for the, to, maybe three weeks for the, to mail it within that time frame to get to them before January 6th. So they will be counting these, of course, and telling the justices how many people have sent this in. So please, please, please do that. Um, so there's the link there, and they will be putting that link in the uh, under the in Rumble underneath the comments. Um, and I think there, there could be a couple of places they put those. They might put it in the chat as well. So uh, go to that. We'll, we'll leave that up there for a few minutes, and uh, so you don't miss that. Be sure to write. Be sure to do. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to get in an envelope, put a stamp on it, and get it in the mail. So that my vote is counted with the justices. So, all right, that's it. Uh, without further delay, let's bring in Johnny Inlow Unfiltered. Here we go. 49 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Good morning. I never get tired of that intro. You know, you and I were talking about that the other day. Um, this truly is about the children, isn't it? It frames it perfectly every time. It just, there's pain, there's an awakening. It's for the children. Yeah. It's for the generations. And, well, um, yeah, I, and, yeah, you and I have been having some fun. We've been doing some, some shows together other than this one. Where we're talking to the Patriots, and we, if if we get Lloyd Brunson on Friday, you and I will be doing that one together. Those are very very popular shows. It's kind well, of like a panel. They are, and that's such an amazing story. Just yeah, listening to uh, the letter there, and and hopefully everybody will uh, do their part and sign up. You know, let their voice be heard to the Supreme Court. And it's not that all the hopes are in that. There's really all, there's any number of ways where this thing can go down. By that, the ultimate justice reveal that we're we're waiting for, but there's something about this story that's kind of it's it, it went under the radar. We'll say if for those who know about the plan, this doesn't seem like the plan, but this would be the way the Lord loves to do things. He chooses the weak, small, foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And the fact that these um, the Runson Brunson, I guess, yeah, Brunson. I think you know this. I don't. I wasn't on the conversation there with uh, Juan O'Savin, but they're they're a band of trumpet players as well. Did you know that? They're yeah, that he he did tell that story. You know, and I especially related as I was a trumpet player. But go ahead and see what so, you're saying. Well, that would just be something if it would be trumpet players, citizen trumpet players that rose up 
and it becomes, you know, the wild card that the Lord uses. And so that's just an exciting possibility. It's, yeah. it's there so are, good. It's going he to talked about Juan talked about playing the Trump card and the Trump card, you know, the, the use of the word Trump is clear and obvious. You know, and he also gave the analogy. There are a lot of people, and I don't know if it's got in the show because they did it a little bit of editing because we got one got kicked off the air. And and in the part after he got kicked off for a little bit, we were getting him back on. I said he was telling the story about the bullfight and using it as a metaphor. And he called Trump the MAGA, MAGA door instead of the Matador. And but anyway, I said, I'm not into bullfights. I would never go to bullfight. There's no entertainment factor. But he was talking about people worship the Baal and Baal was represented by a bull. So he was making the analogy and the al allegory that Trump in order, when they would wear out the bull, they would make it wear it and wear it and wear it out till finally it dropped its head and couldn't fight anymore. It was kind of like that. It's a little bit gruesome. I, I was a bit uncomfortable, but the analogy was fine in this telling of the story. He says, and he says, Steve, this is the first time I've told the story a bunch of times. This is the first time I'm going to add this last part. He said there's he had been saying there's three horns, a beginning horn, a middle horn, and a last horn. But he said there's actually a fourth horn, a fourth trumpeter, and it's the last five minutes before the bullfight is over. A, a fourth trumpeter comes. And then he brought into there were four trumpeter brothers and that brought this thing. So you just can't make this stuff up, you know. It's a great story, and and this, you know. One way or the other, I believe our God is going to make a great story out about of this moment of deliverance, not just a moment of deliverance for our nation. Hopefully people understand this is really not about uh, simply trying to officially have President Trump in the seat that's the president's seat. Uh, we believe he's president from heaven's standpoint. He's commander in chief even provably and legally in every kind of way you can. Derek Johnson has been one really good at informing us on that. But I do believe the Lord wants to tell a story um, of deliverance. And again, it's for the nations. This is a global operation. It's one of the reasons why it becomes hard to understand exactly different apparent delays, if they are delays or not delays, just because this is being coordinated at a at a global level, both by the Lord and we'll say by some good military people around the globe. And um, I'm sure um, he is doing a great job of overseeing it, but I believe he is he is going to execute a story of the ages, uh, our God is. And that's yeah, what yeah. part of this, this just sounds like, wow, what kind of awesome turn of events would this be if out of nowhere trumpet players come out, bring a case to the Supreme Court, and that becomes because something is all of a sudden going to light the match, set the spark, you know, be the catalytic thing that allows for the full reveal. We have to say full reveal because it's definitely not like nothing's going on. You know, the 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 events taking place through Elon Musk's mention yeah. in Twitter. I hope everybody's following that. It's amazing because in quote mainstream media like new york times washington post uh, better stated arms of rogue elements of the cia they refuse to cover this story that is amazing and and i'll just 
for those who haven't, in case you haven't been following this on your own, there's an award-winning journalist named Matt Taibbi, essentially hired by or given permission or hired by Elon Musk, given access to Twitter's email archive. And through that, he is now reporting on what he has discovered. And even Elon Musk is just saying over and over this both elections were clearly tampered with, messed with foreign intervention. They have email evidence, direct emails from, I believe, like the Clintons, the Bidens, even Katie Hobbs in Arizona, Crazy. Uh, from FBI, from uh, Barr, from Christopher Wray, um, you know, Attorney General, head of the FBI. And it's just like, it's the most obvious thing hanging out there. They're really kind of, either needs to be a citizen demand of, uh, uh, you know, overturning, revealing the overturning of the election, previous two elections, somebody needs to do something. And um, I don't know if they're just waiting for enough of a voice from us, the public, that says, how can we allow, how can you who call yourself uh, guardians of the Constitution, which would be the military at some level, I think at some at some point, that's who we have to make our biggest uh, complaint too is like how can you allow criminals to still run our country we are awake we're tired of it uh you know they want us to hit the streets maybe but i don't think we know exactly where where you know what streets to hit and um and so it's but it's part of the process and it's part of uh causing revealing and giving an outlet for the pain of the treachery that we've been under we've experienced not just in this election period but really for decades and decades. And so the exposure of, of Twitter is uh, a super big deal, and there's going to be ongoing revelations of it. And again, this, particularly for someone like me, and Steve, you took, we both took a lot of heat. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Especially two years ago, or even right after the election. Uh, uh, well, yeah, two years ago. And I was taking heat before then, and so were you for allowing us to to be on the you know the platform of Elijah Stream. But it's um, it's become quite clear that the things we were saying have been true, one by one by one by one. And you know, I know one of the I was called why was why is a conspiracy theorist allowed to be giving his voice at? I, I saw, and I don't know if I have, I should have copied it down. I'm going by memory now from a couple of days ago. I think Donald Trump Jr. had just a little tweet or something. Call me, a, I don't know if it's tweet or a truth. Um, call me a conspiracy theorist. Um, and my pronouns are told you so. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I hadn't seen that. That's good. <laughs> and so um, it's something like that. If I missed, if I misquoted, somebody can say, because I, I wasn't. That's good. Yeah. But so we see there is the, the revelation of it all is taking place. And this is progressive over and over. And we have very unlikely uh, voices now. It's not just you have to go into the background and hear Patriot Anons telling it. You have Tucker Carlson saying last week, it's time to talk about the elite pedophilia um, cult, a cabal, whatever. I'm not sure how we did it. And of course, he gets millions of, of views for that um, with Elon Musk and his influence being global. And up till now, it's not like we have a tradition of knowing him to be a um, 
hyper righteous dude, but he's doing all the right things towards freedom right now. You're talking about Elon, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I want to make a statement about that if I could. Yeah. Uh, I, I asked. I think it was probably SDNR, and I said something like, "You know, Elon Musk, hero or villain?" And he had his answer. And I've seen uh, people all over the Patriot Channel. One person, you and I both know, and I've seen her writing, and she said, "How can he be a hero if he's doing this?" Well. You know, people have seen me bring Clay Clark, and Clay does focus on a, a past that Elon had that would make him absolutely involved in the deep state, and they're saying this is so whoever he's dating, and she says this, and he says this, and so my my what I wanted to make a statement of is, I believe he's a tool in the hand of God, but if you say to yourself, yes, but I believe what Clay Clark is saying. Once a bad person, always a bad person. First of all, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, do you really believe once bad, always bad? But if you're convinced that he's bad, no matter what I say or Johnny says, then then you can what you're going to be left with is say, well, then he's he might be bad, but he's a tool in the hand of God right now. Bad or not. No, that's uh, well said, Steve. And yeah, first of all, we never want to think that once bad, always bad. We would have to throw out you know, most of our heroes or many of our heroes from the Bible, Moses killed a man to start with. And Paul was, you know, terrorist Saul to start with and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's clearly not the redemption story. Now, could he either be uh, have been forced to do so in some way or not? Fine. All we know is the effect of what he's done and he's doing the right thing and it's for yeah. freedom at this point. And, and he's doing, uh, you know, He's doing the right thing, and I can I cannot see how this benefits deep state in any kind of way for all their secrets to come out the way they're coming out, and it, where it's being pointed out that Twitter has been an instrument of thought control, uh, coordinated with the elite pedophiles of the world, and coordinated with Facebook, Google, YouTube. That ought to tell you their day of judgment is coming as well. Either self cleaning takes place or there is, you know, some kind of cleaning. These type of, uh, you know, institutions, if we call them that, they're going to, they're going to have to clean up, or they're going to have to be, they're going to have to be gutted, cleaned out, re, you know, reconstructed, reconstituted, or they will be um, run over. And that's just going to be a reality. That's something I think many prophetic voices, I think myself included, have been saying for some time. And so that is the way. There is a repurposing of that which was used by the enemy. And back to this point of if it's once bad, always bad, you cannot believe that. Even the story of Jerusalem is yeah. Jerusalem. Originally, it was a Jebusite stronghold. It did not start out, you know, it did not start out as a known city of God. It was not, it wasn't David who started it. It was a Jebusite wow. stronghold. That's an amazing point. Yeah. So if he can do that, then we have to believe there's all kinds of, institutions and corporations and things that are going to have the same thing happen to them. And the Lord may, may have may, you know, he, he may uh, facilitate them being run over or he may facilitate there being a, a work of, yeah, redemption. And you know, Johnny, you, you, I don't know what your story is like, but when I, when I began to be encountered by God, I had an actual encounter by God where he walked in the room by spirit, 1981. So for the next couple of years, I was on. I was in the highest time of my life. This is forty years ago, right? Forty years ago. But during those first couple of years, I happened to remember 
that I was still being controlled by lust. I had not yet been delivered on it. It took me about three or four years for me to be confronted with that. So I was in this extremely being fed by God period. At the same time, I was struggling horribly with lust. And in about 85, suddenly I'm delivered of that. And so again, that's, it's not once bad, always bad. Anybody can be, be redeemed, no matter which school they went to or what organization they used to belong to. So, Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Absolutely. And just a couple more things. You know, part of the report that came out is that 99.73% of the political donations from Twitter employees were to Democrat, uh, to Democrat political races. So 99.73%. Uh, so they were a political engine for controlling elections. And it has to tell you, uh, they didn't even go into the fact that, so hiring practices must have been some kind of process of heavy censorship. We'll say uh, it's not just accidentally you go there and then they put pressure on you to do that. It's like you would you would imagine that in their hiring procedure, they had a way um, it's the way they know how to check up on everybody, they can tell out, tell immediately by anybody's social media if they're conservative, lean, you know, to the center or right in any kind of way. <clears throat> but we're, we're not saying 70% of them, 99.73% of Twitter employees were giving to the political election engine of the Democrats. And so wow. this that's it, huge. You know, and I, somebody got billions of dollars from Elon Musk. And I just say, if you were ever a conservative or a centrist or whatever that was trying to get a job at Twitter and you got turned down, I would consider, you know, there must be some beachhead group forming somewhere to go after not Elon Musk because he didn't do it, but the old uh, brain trust and yeah. maybe some of that money he paid for them or is paying for them uh, can can be used towards justice in that kind of way. So Twitter, it's become clear they suppressed the Hunter Biden story. That's part of the reporting Matt Taibbi did. And that's huge because it was right at election time. And how what could be more important than knowing if the son of he who is campaigning president, uh, Joe Biden, if he is actually under the power and control of China? And we know it really ultimately leads and is leading and starting to come out as well. Joe Biden himself. And so this this is a big deal. This is a big deal. If you just think of it in the spirit realm, backing off, you know, the false prophet, even the book of Revelation was a key element. False prophet is being able to control a narrative and torment a people or keep a people under lies. And so the false prophet is being demolished and broken down now by Twitter being removed from doing what it was doing, by there being truth social, by there being telegram, by rumble, by gab by all sorts of other means of going around or eliminating that which has been the mouth that is controlled. And I, I think at some point we're going to realize that a whole generation was MK Ultra, which is mind controlled through agreed upon procedures between big tech, big media, the news, newspapers, coordination. And these were all, this was not a political thing at all. This is not, it's not really left or right. It's not conservative, liberal. It is evil versus good. 
And Johnny, I can hear a bunch of people saying, "What?" There's a lot of people that are still waking up. It, it wasn't that long ago I said, "What's MK Ultra?" So for the, for just to just give them one or two sentences, what was MK Ultra? So they know what you just meant by that. It was a program of the CIA where essentially they went after people and generally started with, uh, you know, children, and um, and they they had tactics and techniques for being able to use them as a weapon by taking over their mind in different ways where they create an alternative um, identity that can be accessed through, you know, a keyword, a, a phone call, a password or something. And they re they're released to be on assignment, but there's kind of what there's kind of real high level on an individual level. And then what they're doing overall kind of, uh, what's the word? Somebody uh, brainstorm, brainwashing. Are you talking about a brainwashing? Well, somebody brought it out. Mass something hypnosis, mass societal oh. hypnosis, something that is taking place through it being done. It's the same idea, but backed off and done in a big picture way. But yeah. they did it and have been doing it and are still working on it globally. And so this is um, this is quite something. Yeah, I've so, seen a word they put on the screen: mass formation psychosis. Is that yeah? The that's same it. Thing? Okay. Uh, yeah, thank you. Mass formation psychosis. And um, so people can can look into that. So it's just a comment to be, make be aware. This is a good thing going on and it is releasing um, it is it is releasing uh, truth bombs. And it is it is now caused it to be discussion that happens again, even though we'll say New York Times, Washington Post still cannot be a part of uh, any form of, of truth telling. Yeah. It is getting out there enough. Uh, Twitter has gone from being on the side of being the one of the giants or the biggest giant of cover-up to now being the biggest giant of the reveal. And that is a big, big, big deal. It's a mass, massive deal. And it's an, a continual erosion on the lying narrative that is out there. And so it's going to make it uh, increasingly difficult for that narrative to have any survival at all, even among those who have been hardened in their deceit and self-delusion and in and their own uh, being locked down in the programming they've been under for their for the whole life. So um, on that, we want one more name quickly, because we're talking about Tucker Carlson, Elon Musk. There is a I was just sent a little I think it's 12, 13 minute video from Glenn Beck. You know, he was Fox News guy and he's got a big presence himself still. And a year or two years ago, he was mocking, uh, mocking or angry at, uh, we'll say the Q and the QAnoners and the conspiracy theorists and all this kind of stuff. And he was telling a dream that he had, and you all should listen, listen to it, but because it's 12, 13, yeah, 14 yeah, minutes. I, that was like, you got to listen to it. It's on my true social, the Glenn Beck interview. Um, okay. That, yeah, that one. Yeah, he talked about the dream God gave him. That was stunning. He had it twice, and it's a dream. And he's just like, folks, this is not Republican, Democrat. This is not liberal, conservative. This is we're 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 in a fight for our lives. And can we're, I? I, I, I want to. Sorry about jumping in on this. One, no, 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 I, mean, I can also hear people say, "Okay, but Johnny and Steve, um, Glenn Beck's a Mormon. So why are you telling us to listen to what God said to him in a dream? Talk about that for a minute, if you." Well, this yeah, is a repeat point we're getting over and over. People are saying, why do you have SGN on? Why do you have John Juanos have? And he may, you know, he may not have perfect uh, uh, doctrine and he throws in a 
questionable words here yeah. and, and there. And then why would you quote a Mormon? We're, the, it's so important that we understand the battle of our day and that there are, there is value in finding co-laborers, partners in the desire of goodness. And the desire when you're you have that's why Elon Musk, yeah, he may have done all kinds of things. We're not here championing him, but we're championing him be pro liberty, pro freedom, pro exposure of what is clearly evil and controlling. And so those become friends with us in that. Now, is there a whole separate issue of how you're saved? And is yes, yes, yes. Salvation is through Jesus Christ only. And that's something, if you need to hear it, we'll say it over and over and over. But our only battle is not getting people saved. There is an epic battle that's raging around us. And we want to link arms with those who haven't embraced a Luciferian in its objectives. And whoever that is, is worth linking arms in order to rid this planet of the Luciferian death cult. That's so, good. And, and then Jesus said, I, mean, I think this is the quote, if they're not, a, they started complaining about someone pr- prophesying in his name and they weren't, they weren't right the way they were doing it. And he said, if they're leaving alone, if they're not against us, they're forced. Is that, is that an accurate quote? Am I saying that right? If well, not- the context is slightly different in that they're casting out names, but uh, casting mm-hmm. out demons, but you know, they didn't come from you and the disciples directly. And then he's like, listen, Jesus knows by, uh, we'll say by instinct and by discernment, if they're casting out demons, um, Satan doesn't come and cast himself out. But right. they have connected to his truth. They have connected to what he's all about. That's good. And so he's like, listen, if they're doing that, it, you know, the part that's similar is like, hey, if they're setting the captives free, then that's yeah. good. It's in a spiritual, that was a, 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 a we'll say a very uh, a, a more clear reveal is when there's a casting out of demons that that are taking place when it's legit and real yeah. and all that kind of stuff it's 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 good going up against evil in that kind of way but yeah we have to really you know what's the word chill as the body yeah. of christ and be, be willing word. to work with people of goodwill um and for i mean that, there's this yeah, is saying from, that this is not a biblical quote it's a saying. It's a it's a wise saying, but the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's a kind of war talk thing. And so we've become friends with other bad dictators over the even the years because we needed to be allied with them against Germany, for instance. We were allied with Russia and I don't know my history that well, but you know, we had to hold hands across the pond or across the, you know, the seas with people we, who we would completely disagree with their, uh, not only theology, but their, you know, communism, for instance. So, yeah, we've got to be friends with those who are who are fighting the same battle. Yeah, that was an art of war uh, bit of wisdom. And it's not, you know, there's a part of that could be incorrect because who seems to fight with you for a season could then turn on you and whatnot. Right. But, it, but it's not. It, this is not that type of thing. I think I gave an analogy the other day. It's like if there's, you know, a house is burning down, there's a fire, there's kids in there um, and there's people running, whoever's running to the fire to do rescue and they're courageous enough to do it. They, they're they motivated to rescue the children. We don't need to ask each other what our doctrines uh, is, particularly the fine tune uh, advanced stages of doctrine. 
this, we're just glad there is help in the rescue operation that's taking place. And it is uh, an epic battle, and it will uh, go into something that I'll, that I'll get into in a moment. But yeah, the Glenn Beck thing, listen to it. It's a dream. Uh, um, he had twice after 10 years of because of sleep problems, not having any dreams at all. And he's just challenging everybody. He's like, we, we got to fight. We got to fight. It's against evil. This is not anything else. And this he is- basically said they're coming after your children. And I mean, he was he was intense. It was good. He it's said they're coming good. after your children and they are demanding sacrifice to Molech and to Baal. He's talking. So you have these kind of this kind of conversation is taking place in America right now is where you have Tucker Carlson, Elon Musk, Glenn Beck talking about Baal, Baal worship, sacrifices to Baal pedophilia, all the stuff that marked us as conspiracy theorists two, three years ago, you yeah. couldn't bring it up. And even in the body of Christ, they're like, oh my goodness, the things Johnny believes. It's all, it's like, it's out there now. And unless you're just totally, ah, I don't want to hear it. You should be onto it as, as well. And it's valuable even to continue to pass this information around, not in, I told you so way to people, but that's part of, that's, the bigger deal of the moment is the awakening that has to take place. The pain is for the awakening. So, the awakening is for the children. So these are the stages that we're going through. So a couple of the things um, I wanted to bring out, and for those who don't know, we really wanted to finally give time. We know uh, many of you have been given in questions. And, and I told Steve, I said, I'm going to prepare for nothing. And let's, let's get some time for questions. I just wanted to comment. It yeah. needs to attention be, be brought to the, the things that are taking place, such as the Twitter awakening. And of course, just talking what we did about Brunson and the uh, Supreme Court case is important as well. And um, but I mentioned last week and uh, there's so many good responses from last week and key people that said they were activated from from that. And if you didn't get a chance to hear last week, it was just special all in its own. But one of the things I said, there's a 57 year old woman, and it's either three or four times. I said, there's a 57 year old woman, and this is God's validating of you. And I believe you're supposed to travel somewhere and go somewhere, go to a nation. There'll be a release that takes place, whether you have an actual place to go to or not. And if you want to hear more of those details, you can. But even with it being hard actually to get information to me, I've got four 57 year old wow. women that um, it, it, it got to me, it made it through the people who screen our comments and emails and whatever else. And, and cause there was something unique. All four said, I am, there's either, uh, I believe I am, or I think three, four, three of the four said, I know I am the 57 yeah. year old women. And so just to tell, uh, this is just briefly on each one because um, I think I think it's important. Can I, can I just ask you this to give quick? When you say four people and they say I know I'm the one, I think I hear you saying that's okay. It can the one word can literally be for four different women. Is that right? One hundred percent. And especially okay. if you listen to the program last week, we we're talking about the quantum realm and how it ties in, connects, overlaps with the kingdom realm. And part of the quantum realm where we, we haven't fully, we haven't gone to the next level of exploring that if something can happen to an atom, it can most likely happen to a human as humans are made up entirely of atoms. And atoms can be at two places at the same time. They can be in different places. And so there is an understanding that a word release would legitimately 
even if you understand quantum kingdom would legitimately apply. Um, and and there, there might be more um, of, of the 57 year olds that tried to get a hold of us or did they just know it was powerful and it was for them. And so this is not even exhaustive. Uh, even even at that. But I wanted to tell about them because there's something and they're just quick hitters on each one. There's um, and some of them I might feel to tell more or less. I want to keep some of them under into this hidden process that God's doing. But there is um, I'll just say someone named Robin and um, and she's a 57 year old. One week ago, she was called out publicly in a, prophetically, publicly in a meeting. The Lord's about to have you go. Um, somewhere and it's going to release something and Gee, so wow this was a confirmation she says she knows she's carrying an isaiah 61 uh, the spirit of the sovereign lord's upon me luke 4 18 thing and so that, uh, that it, it just resonated with me as well so she's one i know this was me next level confirmation so that was good there's a um a pastor in 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 san diego and um and I'm trying to think of, uh, I'll tell, I'll give her first name, Helena. And uh, she's like, it's me. Um, this is when she started hearing me speak to the 57-year-old lightning. There's two Gee. of them. Lightning started happening at the same time. And and so there's a whole thing with Ethiopia. And um, and so a call, a call there. So it's just, it's just fun. And then there's... Um, uh, somebody, I'm going to give her full name because uh, I think she's ready for her. her name is Andrea Belloff, B-E-L-O-F-F. And she, um, she she's like, I think I'm the 57 year old woman. And there was a, a Psalm 81, seven was a key verse. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. She has this thing where the Lord answered as well. There was a whole thing of thunder and lightning. Hey, my goodness. Of, yeah. I mean, these were like uh, dramatic. Wow encounters amazing and there's a whole call to argentina but she also sent us and you're not really going to be able to tell about her art but it is massively and superly anointed she's very talented has done uh you know say shows and things like that now this is this is called victorious angel wow. and she i didn't tell her i was going to put this on i'm just i'm just doing this and then she has a calendar for 2023 and and um, and it's amazing. Every there's just picture after picture, very creative. And y'all can look at it. I'll just show you the next Hashem over oh, Zion. Geez. And then so there's 12 of pictures that go like that. And so Andrea Belloff and you can find her Andrea Belloff.com. And I would love her to get sales and different things. There's an anointing. She has a book. Um, and and so she she's got a call of God and 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 just read her story and something of that. But I was like, yeah, these, these women, they did need to get uh, that next level of yeah. push from the Holy spirit and whatever attention. So she's one. I thought that that was Andrea A N D R E A B E L O F F.com Andrea Belloff. Okay. Okay. And then the fourth one um, is Lisa Troyer. And so I've actually known her for, um, many years. And, um, she had special stuff from the Lord as well. And again, some of it's just personal stuff. They're going to be advancing and working through. She's uh, author of a book as well, um, of, of real women leading, um, that she wrote 
some time back with somebody named Don Yoder and Proverbs 31 values. And she's a woman of the spirit and all that kind of stuff. But she has she took a song um, and we're going to take a couple of minutes to listen to. It's 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 fun because it's an electronic dance track. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. So this will be, uh, I'm sure all of you over 50 are going to love this. No, I'm just kidding. But um, electronic dance track, it's uh, from Pat Benatar, Invincible. But she she put it together and, and um, with some new lyrics and things like that. And it's, she's about to have it. It's not even released yet. She's got a, a, a production team that's releasing it. And, and to give proper credit, actually, the writers of the song, Pat Benatar, Benatar sang it years ago, but it's, uh, oh, wow, Simon Climey um, and Holly Knight are the ones that actually wrote, wrote the song to give him proper credit. But in light of even the themes that we're talking about, and the awakening um i just thought it would be uh, really good I, I just felt when i heard the song in fact it's been catchy if you don't if you don't uh, fly to it in the first time you hear it you want to do it another time but this is something it's an electronic dance you can you know stop and do the dance with it if you want but um, go ahead and let it soak and resonate and reverberate in your spirit and just be um something a, a little fun so if you guys are, are ready to do that from Lisa Troyer and Invincible. We are Invincible.
Very powerful. Wow. Very powerful. Well, anyway, so I'm going to leave it at that, Steve, because I, I wanted us to have plenty of time uh, for, for questions. And, and um, but I just yeah. thought that was really cool. I just had to. Uh, that's very, very good. Uh, and and again, I love it that, that that's why if somebody has, let's say you're sitting in a crowd uh, about these 57 year olds, you're sitting in a crowd at your own church and someone calls out this person over here. And you go, man, they call this person out. That's exactly my situation. You can grab that word for this very same reason. You can say, that's for me too. And if that applies, right? You can grab that word. That is, it's important that you brought, brought that out, Steve, because that is true. If you have, for those who've been exposed to prophetic ministry in your church, that really is a super common uh, theme. Obviously, if they call specifically a, a name and you go by that, it's, it's clear that they're identifying somebody. But if something in you, as soon as you hear it, you go, that's you. That's for you. If something, if your own spirit kind of raises his hand like that's for you and it's given you that that uh, that helpful hint, then you really do have to take it as as your own as well. That's good. 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 All right. We'll see how many questions we can get through. We won't may not give as long of answers as sometimes a quick comment. Um, yeah. When one of the things we've discovered over the months of doing this with uh, the prophetic, they were supposed to be questions about the prophetic. And we kept getting. The same ones. How do I steward the word? How do I know it's from God? How do I know if I give the word is from God? How, how hard? They, they kind of are the same thing, and they're like the same four or five questions. So this is becoming a little more like Bible Answer Man, if you will. And I'm okay with that if you are. So if we can have a prophetic bent, that's good. That's supposed to be the theme. But if you're no, good with, with whatever we're throwing good. We okay. were pastors for 15 years and like i said i'm a fifth generation pastor grew up pastor's home and all that kind of stuff so we we operate in that as well okay so here is marika and she, her question is how important is humility to the development of a prophetic gifting how do we allow god to develop our humility and how do we know if we are humble that's a great question and a lot of people play head games with themselves and trying to be humble as well. But humility is, is key because the scripture says he resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And so I've actually watched this dynamic in the prophetic is somebody who has a great gift and in the, on the front end, we'll say of their ministry career, there are a lot of um, just amazing words they give but it goes to their head. And, and so then, then all of a sudden they, you know, they become God's greatest gift to mankind in their own, in their own mind. And you can just see the grace. You can see the Lord just pushing back wow. on that, on that person and not really giving them anything. And so then they kind of have to tell old stories or drum up a lot of smoke and kind of you know, I say smoke instead of fire, where there's just, you know, there's safe prophetic words where you make everybody do a lot of movement and there's a lot of other stuff. But there's it's just such a key in in every area of life in ministry. But if you have a breakthrough financially as well, you know, I think the hardest thing had been for me to observe, even as a, a leader in the body of Christ, is people have their breakthrough and then how they become head cases are so few that can handle the breakthrough and still remain in a, uh, you know, not a downtrodden position, but just humble, just, just, you know, uh, 
in humility, that's part of the question she's asking, what, what is it? And I think it's, um, there, there's different, it's hard to give a, the simplest answer. I did a whole teaching on it one time, but part of humility is learning not to look excessively at yourself. And there is a part of just too much self-attention is, is, is part of the problem. And so mm-hmm. you're, you're, if you look at people like David, you know, his own brother is accusing him in first Samuel 17 is like, who do you think you are? I know your arrogance of heart. His literally his eldest brother tells him he knows his arrogance of heart to come out there and believe that he can take on Goliath. And boldness and courage will always be looked at by those who are envious and jealous. It will always be called arrogance. And it's not. But you're okay. You're okay with being judged falsely for being courageous and bold enough to say what you got to say. And so you're you don't need to go back and try to um you know, work too hard on on there being uh, proper understanding of how humble you really are, because false false humility is is honestly the biggest disguise for pride is false humility. And so, where you quite kind of carefully orchestrate it, you get the right language, the right demeanor, the right look, but inside something has happened, and that's the deal. The Lord knows knows the heart, but it is a huge a huge deal, a huge matter, and other people pick it up uh, even if you say the right things. Um, discerners pick up who's carrying arrogance and who's carrying uh, really just uh, it, it's the humility again is just like hey you know what I am I'm no big deal but on the other hand I am a big deal because I'm his child and so yeah, you're you know. able to combine them both uh, in, into into the mesh of processing. Let me ask you a quick follow-up on that just for a quick thing uh, is one of the possible ways that you know if you're humble is from time to time, without you seeking it out, without you even having any intention, someone walks up to you and says, you're so anointed, yet you're so humble, you're so easy to approach, you're so easy to talk to. Was that one of the ways you might learn to discover that you're humble? Because people seem to point it out when you're not. Yeah, it, it is. If they find you approachable, and um, and so and that's a repeat, a repeat matter that you you hear about, but most of that, you still want to establish humility, not from what people are telling you. It's just you and the Lord. Are you honest and true and and transparent yeah. with Him in your in your in, in your private world, private life, private conversations? And is the rest of it just you know you trying to be true to Him? And then I just think there's a big part of it is just getting your eyes off self. And and uh, yeah. you know one definition is humility is a freedom to be you. That's good. I yeah. Think about that one for a while, but true humility is a freedom to be you. And in that you, people judge it wrong. You're okay. Part of hum- you know, humility is Jesus was falsely accused. Um, it's going to be, it's going to happen as yeah. well. It kind of goes with the territory. Doesn't it? Okay. Um, okay. This is, uh, yeah, I, th- I was thinking this read a little bit different, but here you go. Jeff is asking this. Um, you said we are in a third day kingdom era. So the question is, how long is this? Is it meaning how long is this third day kingdom era? And my follow up question with that, I'll just ask it at the same time is. Are we here about third day, like there's been 2000 years since Christ died, we're coming into the third day. Does that mean we're entering into a thousand year era right now? What? So that's my question added to that one. Well, we're, the third year is. The third day is okay. entering into the third the third millennia, which we have been for you know officially twenty 
some years. And um, beyond that, putting exact parameters, like I do not believe we have already entered into the millennium, nor do I believe, I do believe we're kind of headed to a, a foretaste of the millennium, of the millennial reign, where it is going to be, um, uh, you know, so much victory, so much advancement of the kingdom of God, this part of it being the age of the kingdom that we're going into right now. So much demonstration of the kingdom that, again, I, I was telling about my book, Seven Mountain Renaissance, which is not for sale. So I'm not saying it for that right now, <clears throat> where we're out. Uh, Seven Mountain Renaissance vision and strategy through 2050 that the Lord showed me there would be 50 nations that by the year 2050 <clears throat> would be operating primarily to the light of the sons of God. And so then, you know, you can go into, you know, fine tune questions. What are you saying? Everybody saved? No, I'm not saying that. It's primarily, that's the, you know, the identity, the reputation of that, that nation is that they're operating in the light. They're operating righteously because there are so many sons and daughters of God that have risen up. They're not just hanging back. They, they know that we are invincible if we advance with, with light. <clears throat> and so that's what, that's what takes, takes place. I don't have overly defined definitions for the time period. I just yeah. know. Well, can I, let me way. just ask it one other way yeah. to push it in further, because I think I can't quite tell if you're going to say, no, you have no idea, or yes, you kind of have an idea. You said for, we've, we've entered the third millennium as of 2000 or 2001, however you count that. That's a millennial change, but you said we are not in the millennial reign of Christ. But is it possible to not be in the millennial reign of Christ, but but having entered the the third millennium, or or uh, or the kingdom age, also known as a third millennium, which is not the same thing as the millennium of Christ? I hope I didn't make it worse. Well. The, the Hosea 6-2 verse that we shared on a couple times in the last few weeks is on the third day, he will raise us up and we will live before him. That's where we're at. Okay. Now, I don't believe that that is the 1000 millennial year of Christ. This is we will live before him. There's something about us living before him. And, um, and having said that, I have no problem um, if we are wrong and we're actually going into the millennium. And I'm like, fine. I know some are, some are saying that, and um, and it's not a big deal to be, you know, whoever's right or wrong. It's it's not really going to make a big difference to have known about it ahead of time. I believe we are in some version of what looks like a reign of Christ at a at a much better level at going globally, and it is this third day thing. Okay. And I don't think uh, I don't think it is that. Um, that final, you know, the one, the biblical millennial reign of Christ, which there's not a ton of scripture and verses on it. We are talking about things that don't have a high level. It's not like there's even five scriptures on it. There, there's not like a lot of scriptures on it. So we are, we are exploring in our conversation into things that, um, uh, that aren't as defined as, you know, Jesus is the only so, so even if we're even if this period we're coming into the kingdom age, uh, I think 2012 different four different prophetic people have said that's when the kingdom age started. That's what God told Cat. Even if it's like a hundred years or two hundred years, it's still a significant grouping of years 
in which we are reigning in the kingdom. You just use the term before Christ, uh, or you know, in in His more in His presence than than before. I guess you might say. Yeah, it, I I believe that's what we're we're entering into. But we have to part of what we have to get out of is the custom of thinking um, timetables. Yeah. I think we've addressed this before, and I think, you know, Kat probably addresses it with you a bunch. This thing of addressing timetables and dates and like things happen when certain when when the calendar flips a certain date and something happens. It's really not that way. Thing, there's things that are become triggered by um, by obediences that take place that, um, you know, whether it's Moses decided to obey and say, go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. It triggered something. It wasn't looking at the calendar. Um, and you can just, when David shows up on the battlefield and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? It triggers a new, a new day. So new days, new moments get triggered because sons and daughters of the king step up, they arise and shine. And it's time. So that's why the general, he covers it by, yeah, on the third day, there's going to be enough of you that are, are going to do, understand that okay it's not just be revived it's not just survive it's not just plan for the rapture but we actually have to rise you know we can't afford to be as a song was saying innocent but it's like we can't afford to just say uh, you know uh, well somebody's going to do it it's it's a do or die situation yeah and it really is it's like if he calls us to be the light of the world it's an, an immense privilege but it's also responsibility. If we don't arise, then darkness does prevail. And then we suffer the consequences of darkness. And that's what's taken place because we've understood light in a church context. Okay. We've understood the kingdom of church, but we haven't understand the kingdom of kingdom. We haven't understand understood how this has to be demonstrated in every area. So just there is excessive attention to dates and moments like this in the body of Christ and books have sold in the hundreds of thousands or millions for the longest time ever because of that we got to get out of it it's not a healthy it's not a healthy dynamic a healthy habit a habit a healthy virus to be locked in and driven um, by then there are there are the general season he tells us and he yeah. releases us but it's it, you know if you just go to the biblical examples you can have guys that it's not even time or season david did stuff that it wasn't time or season for he would talk about Psalms and he's like, take not your Holy Spirit from me, re renewing me a, a, a clean heart. And it's like, take not your Holy Spirit. You're like, what are you talking about? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was not even introduced to us in a proper way till Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit and said That's the father. Would send it. But David knew about him. David's connecting to the powers of the age to come outrunning lions and bears and beating them with his bare hands and leaping over walls and taking out a thousand uh, of the enemy, David, you know, one puts a thousand to flight and we have the actual examples there. And so he was doing things ahead of time and season just because he was wired for the kingdom in a whole unique way. And that needs to be our point of emphasis. There's no limit um, to there's definitely nothing that is designed to be put out there as an eschatology or doctrine that's supposed to limit us. So any kind of limiting doctrine of the end times that anybody is going by. Well, we can't do that until yeah, yeah, that's just that's just that's a, that's an error. Yeah. So this next question is kind of likened to it as people trying to figure out what's what, where's when, you know what. So um, as an introduction, like you and I in seventies and eighties, everyone was saying, 
the mark of the beast or the beast. It's it's a computer. You know, it's a chip within the computer. No, it's a credit card. Because look at the number six 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 on some of them, and and everybody had this figure uh, what this is. So this person, Carol, is asking, is the beast an actual created being like a fallen angel, or is it a symbol? of a government system, or is it something else? What is the beast? Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. Well, okay, I'm, there's another one of those. Yeah. Just tell us and we will know. You know. Right. Well, first of all, you have to understand that this was already explainable to the generation it was written to, the book of Revelation, they had language among themselves. They knew who the beast was referring to. They actually, all the characters of Revelation, they knew, and there is an application. And there are books written uh, in their entirety on it and that I believe I've read some of them, and I believe most of they got most of it. But what is clear, you can just read from Josephus, not even a biblical character. I'll have, uh, I have a thick several hundred page thing on Josephus that the events that took place shortly thereafter uh, in, in, you know, in, in the whole area there, Rome and where Judea and all that kind of and the cities and countries surrounding him, they're essentially most of the things that you could identify from the book of Revelation already had a fulfillment. Now, uh, does that mean that there can't be some other, uh, you know, secondary fulfillment of some of those things that takes place now? No, it doesn't mean that. But again, it's a lot of wasting time. It's a lot of speculation. We love speculating. I'm going to say it again. Mm -hmm. It rises up in me. You know, he said, occupy till I return, not speculate till I return. And any doctrine, any kind of belief of the end times that you have that allows you to be on pause or on, no, that's later. Anything that has you on, no, that's later. That is absolute 100% deception from the enemy designed to keep you from operating in your full size and stature as a son or daughter of the king. Say that last sentence, anything that has you saying, oh, that's not now, that's later, so we don't have to worry about it? Is that the attitude? We're that would be just, it's deception. At no time does the Bible stop saying, arise and shine. Okay. At no time does it stop his first command. He came in, Jesus showed up, his first crowd, first words, he's still saying, arise shine your light has come you are the light of the world you are the salt of the world if you don't do what you're supposed to bad things are going to happen if you do what you're supposed to good things are going to happen that's really simple uh, uh so, and so you're saying your answer to uh, carol is the beast and his image i think was known back then and so if you're searching for it now when it happened in history you're searching I mean, it's a misplaced search. Is that what I'm hearing you say? It is a misplaced search, but it's more a spirit. And it's more, yeah. if you're looking at it now, trying to identify people, try to figure the Antichrist, you know, it was uh, John the Apostle said, it's already active among us now. Christ, the Christos, the anointed, the anointed one, anything that fights against the anointing is Antichrist in nature. And it really doesn't matter if you identify a one individual who's spearheading it or not at any time in history, any time in the future, whether you identify the person that's most responsible for spearheading this thing, there is an antichrist spirit, anything that fights against the anointing. And there's a lot of that in denominations. 
There's a lot of anti-Holy Spirit emphasis that comes out, a lot of uh, suppression of things of the Spirit, of healing of the supernatural, of everything that's anointed and everything that's anointing that comes from church structures itself. And to the degree that that church structure or denomination is sold out to that, they operate as some arm of an antichrist spirit because ultimately it is anti the anointing and so it's like they're going to give you a dab a dab will do you it's you know it's what a ultimately a vaccination is supposed to be is you get a little bit of something so you don't take the so you don't you know there's a little bit of uh, of the venom of whatever or of the sickness you're getting it so that you don't get the bigger part well if you look at it in a reverse bad way there is a lot of uh, you can have just a little dab of religion and even with Jesus in it, and it vaccinates you against going after anything more of the Holy Spirit. Mm, and it does wow. you damage. Uh, it vaccinates you from hunger for things of the Spirit, and that needs not to be a reality. Okay. All right. Uh, Marie's asking, what should Christians know about numbers? Because you talk about numbers all the time. You watch for them in football games, baseball games, championships, horse races, license plates. Movies in the theater, right? I'm so they're saying, what should we know about numbers and what is a good source for us to learn about the subject if, if you have one? I don't have it in front of me. And I know I'm sure you can do a search and find out there's different prophetic instructors, teachers. You know, there's certain things you find out from particularly the low numbers, uh, one, two, three, you know, one through ten. There's there's kind of uh, um, but then there's if there's one, one, one versus just one and then two, two, two and three, three, three and four, four, four and five, five. It's patterns of communication. So it's more the idea. I think we brought this up before. It's like Moses, when the Lord came to speak to him, he didn't just tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, Moses, um, I'm calling you now to go to Pharaoh. That's not how it happened. If you all remember the story, he's out doing what he does, which is shepherding. And he sees a bush catch on fire which wouldn't have been in the desert, not necessarily that strange, honestly, um, because it's hot and and something, uh, you know, wildfires start sometimes in different ways like that. So that wasn't it either. But he said when he noticed that it was not consumed, like he's watching this bush, and maybe it was like, like, that's a little strange. Maybe there was some lightning that came in here. I didn't see it, you know. But it's like when he went there to see why it was not consumed, it says, then the Lord spoke to him out of the bush. So it's like, was God not going to speak to him unless he did that? Possibly. Those are questions I want to ask when I go to heaven is like, yeah. were you going to speak to him anyway? Or did he have to do that? Did he have to notice? So there are things, of, there, there are communication dynamics in the way he's, he, he is like doing this to us. And one of them is numbers. If you find yourself waking up every morning at five, five, five in the morning, I've had periods of time where it seemed like, you know, 10 days in a row, five fifty-five, And so there is an Isaiah 55, five. Now you say, well, how do you know it's Isaiah 55, five? Well, if you know he's communicating with you, you begin to ask and then you go on the search. If it's if you're told too much, you kind of kill the purpose of everything. Like if you know what every number is. If and you don't have to do any next level search, you don't have to do any next level conversation with the Holy Spirit. And you just find the book that has all the symbols and numbers of the prophetic. That's that's a starting place. But you want to understand 
He is trying to talk to you and communicate with you, and he's finding common ground on things you're seeing and observing. And so that becomes uh, the, the, the priority. But yes, seven is a perfect number. Three is also a complete number. Five is a number of grace. Eight is a number of new beginning. Nine is the number you know, fruitfulness. Pregnancy goes to nine months or nine gifts of the Spirit, nine fruit of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Ten's a number of testing often. Um, there's 10 commandments. You're tested through 10 commandments in 10 years. They would do this. There's 10 spies that gave the bad, bad report. Six is a number of man. And so that's, you know, one less than seven is with God. You're overlaid with the gold of, of God in there. Um, and two is a number of witness, even biblical, biblical, you know, we'll say judicial, uh, instruction for us, let a matter be confirmed between two or three witnesses. And we see the value of that even in our legal system. So those numbers mean something, but then you can go into 20 and 30 and 40. And there's what it means in, you know, the, the Hebraic on each one of these numbers. There's a whole, there's a whole world of interaction with the Lord. And so um, you don't want to be told everything. You want to be told enough I think this person you're expressing, there's some hunger to understand yeah. more fully what God is saying. But he's often referring, if you see uh, something that's just more random, he's often, there's a scripture that will be connected to it. And it's often, it comes out of the book of Isaiah. Often it will come out of the book of Psalms, for whatever reason, those two books very heavily used in the prophetic, but not exclusively. That's the idea even of it. There's almost never... Uh, it's never a law exclusively this way. It's a general, general way. But he does speak to me that way very frequently, very often. Um, and, you know, 444 has been a key number for me my whole life. Um, and he pointed out to me out of Ezekiel 44:4, where Ezekiel couldn't stand because the glory of the Lord was coming in. And there's Psalm 44, 4, command victories for Jacob. So it speaks that he has commanded victories. And probably the first, maybe a hundred mission trips that I took, mm. there would be four, four, four wow. pull in front of me on the way to the airport. And he was like, I'm going, I'm with you. I'm going to pour out my glory on this trip. And it was so ridiculous that I remember, I don't know what times, like my 50th trip or something, I'm going, I was like, the four, four, four hasn't happened. And I'm coming coming up to, in the airport right at the Delta check-in place, and a car rudely pulls in right in front of us, and it has a 444 in it. That's and good. So that would be him communicating to me, I'm with you, I know you're here, and I'm going to pour up just, just for that purpose. Now, let me, So Bob Jones had a number. In fact, he wrote a booklet about it before he passed, and it was just called 341, and 341 was a number God kept giving him on license plates and all of that. And I think it was Gematria that meant something, but I asked Bob Jones because we were riding in the car one time in a car with a plate. He goes, there it is again. And I go, well, what does that mean? Well, that just means I'm doing what God wants me to do that. So I was aware of that mildly, and I was getting ready to go on a trip that involved some ministry. I think it was some vacation as well. And, and all of a sudden, I can't remember, I saw page 341. I thought, well, that's weird. I go to McDonald's on the way to the airport and I get a, uh, a egg McMuffin and it's receipt number 341. And I go in the hotel and it's hotel room number 341 that they assigned me. And now God, are you saying did God go before me in, in time immemorial and prepare this? Did he make that all happen on that day? 
how did he cause those things to happen in line? Um, I asked something like that of Robin once. How did he, how does God do that? And he said, well, that's why we call him God. <laughs> but what's your thoughts on, on how God pulls that off? Yeah, that is, that's why it is why we call him God. And, you know, came to mind as well. I remember uh, Elizabeth and I took a trip to uh, Germany and Switzerland and the flight on the return had a, it was flight 444. And I told Elizabeth, I go, I don't know what's happening on this flight, but something special. It's flight 444. And it's because I have so much history with the Lord on that way. Yeah. To me, there are verses aligned with it and et cetera, et cetera. So we actually get to the airport and it was a connecting flight from Frankfurt um, coming back to Atlanta. And um, we'd gone from Switzerland there and we get there and there's not much time and we go to the gate and it was, it looked like it was going to be the opposite because um, the person said, we actually have a very full flight and because they wouldn't pre-assign us seats. It's like, you're not going to be able to actually sit together. So Elizabeth and I, we're not going to be able to sit together and because it's already full. And, and so um, I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is like the reverse of good. This is like four, four, four. We're going to be 10 and a half hours um, separated. And then she doesn't say anything. I go, oh, and I just kind of do that. That's all. And I, there's not a stink or a complaint or anything. And, and then she doesn't say anything. She does some typing. And then I see her tear up the tickets she was given. And then she just gives us two tickets, doesn't say a word. So we look at him. She put us both in first class. And it's, oh, wow. it's like super nice first class. And I was like, yes, God, four, four, four. Like, how did he pull that off? How did he do it? It happened at the moment. He's impressing upon her somehow something at that moment. And it was established probably four months before when I bought the ticket. Right. How, how he does these things, it, I have. Well, yeah, my brain will go on tilt because, like, uh, whether it's a hotel that may have been a long time ago, but we, they, we didn't know what number they were going to sign. But, like, Donald's receipt, there was one in, you know, if there's probably had a couple thousand clients that day, and I got number 341. How could he have? It could have just had one person who took it extra longer. And someone else gets in line and I don't get 341. Instead, I get 341. So it's like a brain twister. How does he do that? But anyway, I kind of. Well, and the more he knows you're paying attention, yeah. the more God knows you're paying attention, more these things happen. This is not specifically a number, and I've told it before, but it's short enough and it, and it makes the point enough. And it comes to me right now as we're talking. So uh, another way he speaks to me is through license plates. And sometimes yeah. it's the number and their scriptures. And there's, I have just oodles of examples there <clears throat> but i was driving with elizabeth it was when we were in atlanta and um she's in the passenger seat the phone rings and she starts talking she oh hi but she doesn't say a name and and i usually know exactly um by the just the conversation who it is but i do not know i'm i'm, I'm going three four minutes and i'm looking at her and i'm giving her the like who is that and she's just kind of this look well, i'm not telling you kind of um deal and um you know it's just fun uh, we're both smiling about it but i'm like i asked the lord i say god who is that who is she talking to and when i say that a car pulls in front of me and on the license tag it says robin 
and it's a, we're in Georgia, but it's a Florida tag. And we had just interacted with somebody named Robin from Florida Gee. week. And so I was like, and I'd listen to the conversation. I go, yeah, oh, that's okay. I get it now. That's the conversation. So she gets off and I go, so Robin, huh? From Florida. She goes, how'd you know? <laughs> I go, oh, and um, um, so, well, you, you know, were, I mean, you, you weren't, you weren't saying anything untrue. You knew how to interpret what God was doing. That took a prophetic. And I knew to look for, I knew to look for uh, signs. I mean, this one is a combination. Yeah. You as, went, you were looking for license plates. You're saying. To, uh, well, I was looking, I tell him you, he knows if you, he makes, he figures it's not always in a license plate. It may be put yeah. up on the board, but I was like, you tell me, I'll see it. I'll notice because something goes off um, in my heart, but there is a major part of even writing on the seven mountain um, message. When I got to the part of the seven archangels and there's an angel that we know about the principalities for every mountain, but I, I got revelation on each one of the, uh, the archangels like Gabriel for the mountain of media and 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 so um you know michael the mountain of religion and zarakiel the mountain of economy and there's a whole story to each each one and how it happens but um i was asking the lord about do i have permission to kind of ha- converse on this i said people get weird o- over this and we're not worshiping them but we're saying like the body of christ has no troubles like, yeah baal is there apollyon is there jezebel is there they have no problem stating the bad guy that's there but as soon as we tell our guy that's there we go, oh wait a minute we just need to keep the attention on jesus <clears throat> well jesus has a whole entourage with him and so i was having this conversation i actually had a, a nap in the back of a vehicle while elizabeth was driving we were going from nashville to atlanta at that time the story comes back to me and so I'm driving and I said, like, Lord, if I, I said, I, I'm so excited about this, what you're telling me, I want to tell about it in the meeting because we had a Saturday night meeting. I want to tell about it in the meeting tonight, but I need you to give me a sign. It's OK. Uh, give me some sign. I can talk about these um, seven angels and, and different things. And I said, I'm going to pay attention. I'll pick it up. I barely got that out of mouth. A car pulls out in front of us. In fact, we're going because we were in a hurry to get back and we were going above the speed limit. This car was really going above the speed limit, but uh, it goes and it pulls right. It's in front of us. And I look at it and literally the license tag says seven angels, <laughs> seven and angels. I've never seen one before, after any time. I have a conversation with him about the seven angels and can. I said, you give me a sign that I'm OK to share. Hey. I'll pick it up. It's like, duh. I so mean, it, how did he do that? Like, how did he do that? And it was a Nissan. The car was a Nissan, which is the month of pass uh, when Jesus. Oh, it is a Jewish month, isn't it? Yeah, when he when he died, I believe Passover oh, is a wow. Nissan. There's a, and I was like, that's what made it all happen. Yeah, and made, what I know about you is you won't just take the license plate. Then the, what I see, you start looking. What was the make of the car? What was the model of the exactly. car? Was it an XL? Was it a you know? What I've seen you do that. You just take it to the next level. I, I'm going to tell one that I had, which is, I don't have that many license plate ones, but one of my favorite ones was seven, eight years ago in, um, in church. I and mean, it's a big church. I'd been there for close to 18 years. And this guy, he would sometimes come from the back. He had been with the on the ministry team for years. So it was acceptable for him to do this. But I think he had finally left and was now just visiting. And he would come up to me from time to time. He would start praying. And as he puts his hand on my shoulder, 
he would, I would get embarrassed because he'd start shaking and he'd start doing this. And I'm thinking, oh man, I don't want to draw attention to me, but he's praying for Steve Schultz, you know, the lines of this. And anyway, so he's saying to me, he's going to prophesy, and the Lord says, you're all together lovely. And I'm going, and I, okay, now I've got a guy, I'm already feeling a little timid and embarrassed, and he's now telling me, you're all together lovely. When does a guy tell another guy, you're all together lovely? And I thought, Lord, I'm going, man, I don't, I don't know if that was you. I don't know if he was just drawing attention to himself or something. So we get in the car and we leave. We're driving up to Portland. It's a two-hour drive. And this white Cadillac pulls, races around the front and pulls in front of it. And the license plate says, lovely. <laughs> it's just, you can't, the, the probabilities of that are one in how many trillion. That no, that that, and that's the idea, Steve, is pay attention. Instead of thinking excessively uh, about the, the number, yeah. think about who it is. And he's wanting to communicate with you. He's wanting... You know, I was up at our coffee shop not that long ago. And so they ask you to give your name. And and so, uh, you know, I give Johnny. And then bottom line, they called out five Johns or Johnnies in a row. So there was like, John, Johnny, John. And I go, and I kept coming up and I was like, no. So I was like, what, was this a gathering of Johns and, jo and Johnnies? And, and so, you know, you get a message from the Lord. So you pay attention to anything that's out of the ordinary. It's not just to try to decipher every number and everything that happens, but if something tells you that's out of the ordinary, yeah. If you you're like, oh, you're trying to communicate something with me. That's why I think of the Moses thing. Is he is he drawing your attention to something that's happening beside you, whether it's the numbers or uh, you know patterns, um, rhythms, patterns, uh, a sound, uh, a song that's playing that also was a song. That that was That's good. Your time. Those those are all just. And, here. And I got to point this out again, Johnny. You are uh, par excellence. You you take you seize the moment. You seize the day, and you start thinking, "What's this say? What is that meaning around this?" And I I've, I've learned a lot from you on that one because I usually get the one message and I'm happy, you know. But now now I'm looking at this thing and going, "I just told Johnny it was a Cadillac. It was a Cadillac." That pulled out, you know, that's like the ultimate car, you know, at least in the day, yeah. early days. It was a yeah. Cadillac. It was a white Cadillac, you know. Yes. It was like, it was a message from the Holy One. You know, here's a Cadillac message for you. Yes, you're all together lovely. That wasn't a guy trying to get attention. I was actually talking to you, you know, and amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. No, it's wonderful stuff. Really good. Well, I guess we'll stop there for, because of our time. That was really good, though. I, I mean, I think if people will grab, to me, that's almost one of the most important takeaways today is this stuff about the numbers because people i can hear people getting excited go man i didn't know we could just pay attention for license plates you mean god could actually in time and space bring a cadillac or a different thing right in the license plate he could he has the ability to do that yeah <laughs> freakishly yes he does you know and it's like that's why we call him god so well, john do you feel like uh, maybe praying for the people as we close out here yes and as we do, I'm going to make a pre-announcement okay. for something that Elizabeth and our team here might be upset with me because I'm not supposed to do it yet. But um, I just feel to do so anyway. Good. And we're going to probably it's not going to start till the middle of next year, 2023. I'll say it again. We're going to do a a 50 state tour. And wow. it's going to be over almost five years. And it's going Whoa. to be. 
one state per month, and we're going to, um, and so think of that if there's 50, you know, 50 states would, would take us into a fifth year, and if we miss a month or two here or there, but we're going to, it's part of following up with the message that we carry on Reformation, and we have this um, this whole rise component, reformers influencing society every day. We'll tell more about it sometime here in the future. We have a an app that's developed for it where people can um, connect, and we just believe this is such a time. It goes with this whole message we're giving. We're awakening to action. Uh, we must be invincible to do or die situation. It remains remains that way. And we don't do it out of panic, but we do it out of this is a privilege that we have to connect with him and connect with each other. And so we are going to have um, that. It's going to be our focus is raising and connecting reformers. And of course, there'll be friends that we have. We've we have so many people we run into all the time and they say, sorry, I feel like I know you already because I see you every every Monday and um, we don't get to see. And so we'd love to do that. So um, I'm telling this because um, perhaps on our Restore 7, there's an email there. Uh, whatever state you're from, if you're a pastor or leader or whatever, have a capability to organize and you already want to put your dibs in for your state as being the city and the place, you tell us why it should be you and why it should be be there. But it's part of, um, again, it's part of thinking, the part I want everybody understanding right now, we're thinking long-term. We really are going into, it's not, the, the goal is not, and I, I do not want the body of Christ to think the goal is to have Donald Trump back as officially in the presidential seat. That only, if you remember, it was while he was president that we were put under the COVID-19 matters. He's going through um, incredible fire and fury from the deep state at every angle. He has death threats we don't know about now, impeachment attempts. Um, we have the street violence matters that were taking place, BLM, everything. It's not like him being back there is what what creates the dynamic we want moving forward. It is an activated body of Christ in every area of life. And so we want to, uh, we're going to be emphasizing and focusing on that as, as we move forward. And we want to, um, it's kind of a statement of a five-year commitment to really going throughout the whole nation and connecting and raising reformers in unique way. Those who will become the invincible ones, the light that rises and shines in darkness that carries um, you know, so much light that we don't no longer consider it a dark, a dark time. We go into the Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us. He's anointed us to rebuild ruined cities, to give a message of hope, to release those who are in prison. So I'm given a, uh, I just felt to give that, um, it's way ahead of time because we're probably not starting until the middle of, of next, next year, but we wanted to go ahead and, and do that now. But let me just, yeah, Pray. so you just on that, you said if someone goes to restore7.org, there's probably an email address there they can write and say, I'm from uh, Wichita, Kansas. I'm just making up something on the and and we have a church that we it's pretty big and we can we can support you. We will host this for Kansas if you're ready, if you want to, something like that, right? Thank you, Steve. It's exactly that idea. The idea is it's probably going to be a one day, like it might be a Saturday, you know, we do a one day uh, event. Good. If it's a big state, we might do, a, you know, a Friday night in one corner of Texas and a Saturday in another 
part, um, we, we could do something like that, um, or if there's a lot of population around there. But we are, there's a part of, I, you know, I love, this is clear. I feel the Lord every time we're here, Steve, and all that. Yeah. But I also love seeing people, interacting right. with people. And so being able to have some of that uh, personal interaction with some people yeah. and seeing live faces is also uh, a goal for us. But so, Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in, in our day, in our time and in our day. And we thank you that you're doing the things you said you would do, that you're going to allow for a rude awakening first uh, with some pain so that a great awakening would take place so that you finally have a body of sons and daughters who um, have chosen to align with you and actively seek a place of being salt and light, of showing up what we call the seven mountains of society, carrying our assignment, our mission, where it's not just, uh, you know, the one or two percent in the body of Christ who have a role in church, but it's the 97 and 98 percent that have not thought of themselves as being the sacred ones that now become activated. And so we thank you that you're allowing this to happen in our time and in our day. We thank you for the good news of this time and day of the awakening that's taken place. We thank you for sustaining us in the midst of it all. Ask you, Lord, for releasing your grace now on your sons and daughters. Lord, I just pray that your presence would come on all those who are listening right now, that you'd continue to ignite the fire that's in yes, them. Lord. Lord, I thank you even right now. You're showing me those who have a call to intercession. You are, uh, there is a, a birthing of something right now that there is a, uh, a next level of pushing through something that's coming out right now. And so I thank you for um, releasing even something to them in the spirit that they recognize. And that's going to tell you, if you know you're uh, uh, an intercessor right now, just if you just put your right hand in your stomach area. It's kind of where it stirs in your spirit realm right there. And I just pray a fresh release right now, the spirit of intercession yeah. that carries authority to finish birthing this yeah. kingdom age. And let that be released to you now. And if you if this showed up on you and you're like, wow, I didn't know I was an intercessor. Well, he's just letting you know it will be an actual it will feel like a mini birth pain. Wow. Like in your stomach, you'll feel that's I, I want to give that. Wow. description. If you feel that it's like your stomach right now, you're feeling, oh, like something's gripping you. He's telling you, hey, intercession. And if you don't understand intercession, there's people try to found somebody who understands. But if you don't, intercession means when you feel that. You begin to connect with him and pray what you, what's on your mind, what's on his spirit for you, what's on his mind. It goes into your spirit. There's this interaction that takes place. Mm. And you pray until you feel some, oh, that's done. It's done. And whether it's two minutes, five minutes, or an hour, you stay there. Those who are seasoned intercessors know about this and how to, how to stay with something and press through. But he's doing something right now with the intercessors. <sighs> Let there be that fresh release and let that um, let that thing that's being released in the spirit through you, through y'all, as if you volunteered to be his spiritual womb for releasing this next dimension of the kingdom age for such a time as this. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 So a quick reminder again, Restore7.org right there under Johnny. Be sure and write to them if they have an interest in your state. So. Johnny, thank you so much. God bless you. Uh, let's see. T yeah. Tomorrow is. Oh, did I? Where did I write this down? I think you have Barry. I thank think Barry, Barry wants. Thank you so much, Barry wants tomorrow. He's always very popular, and he always has a word of the Lord for us. So, don't miss tomorrow. It's going to be a great week. 
and we may be back with Johnny on Friday. Depends on if we can get the uh, the guest for the Supreme Court. We can try it. So, we get the trumpet player. Yeah, the trumpet player. So, all right, everybody, have a great day. Thank you again, and we will see you all tomorrow. Bye bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.